Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's Sportswear AU on Instagram for all the latest offers. Delighted to be joined here in my house here in Hawthorne by the one and only Giggles. Giggles, thanks for coming along. Thanks for having me, Liam. Having a lovely lemon and ginger tea here. Yes, yeah, same as myself. Having lemon and ginger tea with a, with a drop of honey in it. And great to have you along, Sean O'Leary. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. It's a pity you wouldn't eat the biscuits that I brought or anything. No, I'm off to biscuits and Giggles is off to biscuits as well. Sean arrived over two packets of biscuits. Yeah, that's if you can burn it off. Yeah, no, not doing enough at the moment, Sean, to burn those, those packets off. Sean, on the Barry's tea with just a little drop of milk. So we've got a great show on coming up for you today. We've got a review of what happened in Leinster at the weekend. We've got a new Giggles Corner and also what happened in Munster and what's coming up in Munster this weekend, which is going to be fascinating. It's going to do or die for Shawnee's native Cork, but we'll get into that in a moment. Um, first off, though, we got lots of interactions on social media last week, boys. Obviously, we had the competition with O'Neill's for that beautiful half-zip O'Neill's G'day GA top. Um, we got lots of tweets in for that competition. So the competition is tipped the top three in Munster and Leinster. Very dancers, giggles, and you even entered the competition yourself, I saw. I just threw my own two pence in for what it was worth. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to come through now <laughs> after the first round of games. It looked like I'm in trouble already. Yeah, Sean, you, you didn't enter, did you? No, we, we, none of us should be able to enter. Yes. Giggles is, 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 is um, selection is myself, gone. It's already deleted. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Um, I won't go through all the tweets of all the entries, but we did get some tweets about the... the podcast being back on air we had a tweet in from Derek O'Donnell who's a regular listener um, at Derek O'Donnell delighted you came out of hibernation slash hiatus great episode again tell giggles those beeps are bursting our eardrums yeah so we did the, the beep from when Shawnee swore last week and when I was doing it in the editing it was crazy loud I heard that yeah and like when I actually listened to myself why is he giving out to me about it though he thinks you were the editing oh, <laughs> just rest assured Derek Giggles doesn't go near any of that kind of stuff he's just like the showman I'm non-technical <laughs> that was well, my fault so apologies well, for that no I'll put my hand up it was my fault I didn't make a song and dance about the whole swearing thing last week so I'll take the blame for that one. yeah but it burst in my ear as well when I was listening back to it as well I actually wasn't expecting it I couldn't believe how loud it was so sorry about that everyone um, we also got where else we got we got some tweets in from Brian Brian Carroll was tweeting in to you Giggles he wasn't happy well, I had a poll up there on Saturday night who was going to win Dublin Rickle Kenny and you said who cares the Munster Championship is all on Mars and <laughs> Brian Carroll was in less your less your lip Giggles he wasn't impressed with that he's no, working I, for RT now isn't he Brian he, Carroll he wouldn't be impressed with the whole Munster hurling crack at all <laughs> yeah no you didn't hear better off keeping your head down giggles going into that weekend <laughs> we also had Tom Murphy over in Port who a regular listener as well said well say that John Heenan 15 up the banner so he was kind of reinforcing what you were saying there giggles on the Munster Championship no on yeah on Leinster not, who cares about Leinster okay, you know right. uh, also got a tweet in from uh, Just Hurling uh, Trevi tipping Waterford to beat the Clare Senior Hurlers why are Clare so underestimated long may it continue so we get into that later. We we'll get into on. that coming up. Fair later. point. Fair, fair point. We also got a tweet in from Brian O'Leary, uh, saying poor Cork performance on Sunday. Um, do you think hurling has gone down the soccer route as in Chris Crummy's dive on Saturday versus Walter Walsh? Yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat about that as well. That was pathetic. Um, but that's the tweets, lads. We also got lots of messages on Instagram. A lot of people happy that we're back on the air. We're delighted to be back on as well, and we're committing to this ten weeks in a row. Not ten weeks in a row. Ten ten weeks of a. Within three months. Okay, sorry, Giggles. Yeah, I do the scheduling. Lads yeah, Giggles. Keep up with the scheduling. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we just we just go where we're told. All right. Well, coming up first, we're going to have a look at the Leinster Championship. Two two very interesting games at the weekend. I mean, we we kind of tipped it. I think did we? 
Uh, I tipped a draw, I think. <laughs> I got one of them right anyway, and Carlo did run Galway close. Anyway, we'll yeah. chat about that in a second. Guy Henry stood up to a penalty, toughest penalty he was ever going to face in his life, you know, everything riding on it. He just buried it, you know, and... And was uh, it a penalty, Brian, do you think? Well, Dermot Kerwin certainly gave a penalty. I mean, I, I, if you want to start wondering about all of the frees in the course of the game, you'll have a fairly, fairly busy time, as you think yourself as a penalty, Marty. Well, I, I wasn't too sure, but it, it just seemed a little bit dodgy in, in the replay. I have no idea, Marty. Did you check all the other frees as well to see where they dodgy <laughs> also? Maybe you should. Maybe you should. In, in terms of the referee, did you, were you pleased overall? I'm sure you are now, considering you've won the All-Ireland, but did you think he allowed a lot to go? Oh, Marty, please, give me a break. With, uh, the referee, uh, referee, we're supposed to say nothing about referees. I make a habit of saying absolutely nothing about referees. Terry McCurvin, I'm certain in my head, was going out to be the very, very, very best he possibly could be. You seem to have had a problem with him, you tell me. Okay, we had a cracking game in Nolan Park on Saturday night. First half was kind of how I was worried it could go. All Dublin, Kilkenny looked under serious pressure all over the field from 1 to 15. Dublin game plan being executed, Giggles, probably as you had predicted. Liam Ross in there as a target man doing untold. He was, yeah. And Kilkenny were under serious pressure. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a very interesting first 25 minutes. Um, Dublin would have been delighted with it. Um, Took, delivered the ball directly into Liam Rush there was runners coming off him twice Liam Rush went through to, 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 to win two penalties penalties were probably questionable both of them probably the three penalties were questionable to, to be honest they were a little bit trigger happy on the whistle there but um, I think there was a turning point in the game wasn't there and it wasn't a Dublin man or it wasn't a Kilkenny man it was a Galway man who did it Gregory Kennedy he, see, he got in the way of a I suppose a short free that would have been a certain goal unless the ref called it back um, which probably would have happened, but it just turned the whole Kilkenny crowd and it created that kind of um, siege mentality within the Kilkenny team. And I can only imagine what the dressing room was like at halftime. And they came out and blew Dublin apart in the second half. Dublin didn't have any answers. Yeah, I was delighted, to be honest, when I saw him do it. Obviously, I was raging at the time because it was such a ridiculous thing to do. But in terms of, I said, this is a turning point for Kilkenny. When I saw Cody going absolutely nuts on the line, the Kilkenny crowd all behind him in the new stand... Like he just, you know, it was. I say in, in hindsight, obviously he wouldn't do it again. But he's. Out, I think I heard on the radio there just before we came on here, he's getting a bit of serious ban for it as well, touchline ban. Yeah. Was he? It was like you know what I mean. He interfered with play. Yeah. I know the referee hadn't blown his whistle. People were saying the ref hadn't started the match, but like he still interfered with the game, which yeah. is just same as Davy Fitz and um, the Tipperary lad there at Jason Ford, Ford. Yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Great catch, though, Ferris. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. The, 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 the reality is though, like. If if Billy Ryan had gotten stuck in the net, I can guarantee you the ref would have blown. It was Colin McAllister, was yeah. he would have blown him and made him retake it. Yeah. No, no fact. Yeah, he no. was talking to Chris Crummy, who was marking yeah. Billy Ryan. It just Greg Kennedy. <laughs> he was just he was probably trying to do the best thing for his team, whether it was a malicious thing or not. It was a malicious thing, but it actually ended up turning the whole game on its head. It was, and it was really a game of two halves. Like, and, and that first half, Dublin ran at them every opportunity they had. They had Hugh Lawler in all sorts of bothers in the back. Like, 
They had fellas all over the place rush, high ball in, fellas were just dragging them down the whole time. And I think, like, I don't know, would you, could you pinpoint that as being the turning point of the game? But it seems to be the turning point of the game. But Dublin, like, Dublin just stopped playing after that. They stopped running at him, stopped trying to expose him. You know, it seemed like the crowd didn't really got on top of them. Yeah, and I think it comes back to the home advantage is such a massive thing. But obviously at half time we saw Kilkenny make huge changes. We saw Parik Welch go back to centre back, yeah. Hugh Lawler back to full back. And Kilkenny's gameplay changed in terms of when short puck outs were varying up their ball and all of a sudden they looked a lot more confident in the ball mm. and Richie Lahey on as well. So I think that's a big thing for me is Brian Cody in years gone by, even when Kilkenny were very successful, was often accused of being too slow on the line to make changes. Like, like you couldn't say that no. you, and you couldn't, couldn't say, that, say no. that in the last couple of years no you even. couldn't say in the last couple of years that's what I'm saying there's a remarkable yeah. change you know, like half time bang 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 wholesale changes like like really shook it up which is great to see from Michael Kenny supporter watching on and to see them and TJ come into it as well I know we talked about it the reliance on TJ but like he was phenomenal in the second half phenomenal he was, he was. and Going back to, to Dublin for a second, because I think Kenny in the second half were awesome. From 1 to 15, every one of them raised their game 30% and just attacked Dublin. But it seemed to me, and we talked about this last week, do- Matty Kenny would have to have a plan C, B, C and D in his armoury if he was going to compete at inter-county level. And it just seemed to me that Dublin didn't know what to do when their plan A wasn't working anymore. And they just kept doing the same thing, hitting ball and ball down on top of Bordrick Welch and the rest of the Kenny defence. And Kenny just got smarter with the ball. There's no this, in this day and age. I don't think in inter county you can't just do the over the shoulder clearance and hope that the forward wins it. You have to be tactical with it, and they gave the ball to the man in the best position, and and they got the scores out of it. Yeah, I think what Dublin did, they actually, when when things started to go against them, they just abandoned the whole running game. They just started playing individually and just started trying to win their own battles, and it wasn't working. Like the runners stopped coming, so when anybody had a ball, there was no one coming off their shoulder. But that's that was down to the fact as well that. Kilkenny were pushing up on top of him, choking him a bit more, giving him less space, less time. As you said, Parry, like TJ, TJ Reid was awesome. Parag Walsh was absolutely unbelievable yeah. in the second half as well. He had a catch. When he fell catch backwards. there off. Yeah, he when fell he, over, lad. Unbelievable. He like he was after falling over, lad, catching the ball. Everyone was running, where's the ball gone? You man, back up again, off with the ball. But um, I think that's, that's what kind of happened in Dublin. They just kind of... They kind of panicked a little or something when the crowd got on top of them, when Kilkenny started sieging forward and just the normal the normal routine Kilkenny teams. And like you just got to... The theme of it really is like Cody and his management team again. Like they just... Time and time again, they just come up and deliver this stuff and deliver these wins out of where they come from nothing. Like they were absolutely destroyed with injuries coming up the week coming up that game. Like... I mean, I don't know. They're just phenomenal the way they're able to pull teams out like that. I think another key factor was Rush did get injured in the second half. He did go over his ankle and he did stay on. Mm. Uh, He just wasn't as mobile. Now, the same kind of ball wasn't going in, but that definitely was a factor. He was such a a problem for Kilkenny in that first half. Um, And so they probably got away with that a little bit. Seeing Conal Keeney come on for me, great to see him come on for Dublin. He's been a huge servant for for Dublin GA, particularly hurling. But, you know, you're four or five points down and you're looking to... Conal Keeney to come on and make an impact it kind of for me that kind of looked like a bit of a backward step for Dublin yeah and it definitely was and look he played brilliantly last season when he, but maybe last season was his one last hurrah the one thing I, I, w- I was shocked about you've got and, and this happened in, in a lot of the other games as well we can talk about you've got the best free taker on your team Paul Ryan they call him um, Arrow or whatever they mm. call him Radar I think they call him because he's so accurate with the freeze and David Tracy for me like even going back for club games with Kula just isn't 
like he's not a, a he's not an eight or a nine out of ten free taker. He's a seven out of ten free taker. And there's no other county with a seven out of ten free taker. Paul Ryan is a nine out of ten free taker. TJ Reid is arguably arguably a nine and a half out of ten mm. free taker. Joe and I just couldn't believe it because Dublin missed two or three yeah. frees in, in the first half and I just couldn't believe Paul Ryan wasn't hitting the freeze. And Nicky English was even saying that in the commentary that was he? They, yeah. in the warm up they were watching him hitting the freeze and he was missing loads. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. You yeah. know, so that was kind of yeah. weird as well. Like Just on the Conal Keeney item, when I seen him coming on, I actually thought it was a good move because, like, the, the whole game plan was after falling apart and you wanted a bit of experience, you know, an old head to come in there, you know, bring the younger, flat, younger lads in together, you know, to kind of settle it down a bit and get, get the momentum back up again. And. In hindsight, yeah, it probably doesn't look like a, a great thing, but I, I thought it was actually the only, the only um, throw the dice they had at mm. that time. Like, yeah. Who else were they going to bring in, yeah. really? My, my overall feeling after the game was I was thinking, oh, Jesus, Kilkenny are back, like with a bang. But then on kind of reflection over the last couple of day or, t- day or two is, geez, there's still a massive reliance on TJ. 212 out of 221, was it? Yeah. And probably made another five scores. And if you go through, if you take Padraig Welch and Tommy Welch, and TJ out of that performance, you're struggling to find other starlights from that performance. So it really was a workmanship-like performance, but I'm just wondering, was it Dublin going so far into their shell and allowing Tipperary Kikini run over them, or was it actually that Kikini are so good? And I guess we, we don't really know that, and we won't know it for the next week or two anyway. Yeah, and I think, look, we hope Kikini get the win against Carlo on, yeah. on Saturday. Now, obviously, Carlo Ryan Galway to six points, which is a fairly impressive feat up in, up in Salt Hill. But... Kenny with four points you're probably nearly safe to get third in, oh, 100%, in, in yeah. Leinster which is massive and I actually was massively worried ahead of that Kenny Dublin game and that the first half was what I was fearing but now that they have four points they'll probably get out of Leinster even if it's in third place there's a lot of those injuries that they do have still won't be back even when Leinster is over no, you know no, yeah, yeah. but you bring back in one or two more then you might get you probably get Joey Hall and back in um, hopefully Owen Murphy comes back and maybe Killian Buckley depending on how he's going you might have him back in for a few weeks time that would make a huge difference but yeah. I still think Kilkenny I don't think Kilkenny are back I think Kilkenny are fairly ordinary to be honest they've been an ordinary enough Dublin team but looking back at last year you just need to go on a bit of a run Yeah, you know what I mean you go on a bit of a run you get to Leinster final maybe maybe you don't all of a sudden there's not going to be a whole lot between the last six no and with, with seven minutes to go against Limerick Richie Hogan got the goal there were two points up and everyone was thinking oh Limerick going to fade away Limerick went down a window Ireland yeah. it, it, it could, there could have been Kilkenny's run mm-hmm. there into the semi-final played in Cork I'm sure they would have fancied playing Cork in, in that game so you, you, you never know but I think you're right I think Kilkenny the big worry about this weekend was will they get out of Leinster they're definitely going to get out of Leinster now I'd put, I'd put my house on yeah. getting out of Leinster now <coughs> I've been the same, yeah. and that comfort will give them something, I guess, to go through the rest and to continue and be confident in their game plan and work on it. Whereas Dublin are in no man's land right now. Yeah, I'd be really worried about Dublin facing into Wexford. Obviously, this weekend it's going to be, that's going to be a fascinating game, I think. And is that on in Wex? Is that Parnell Park? It's in Parnell Park, and it's not on the telly. There's the two Munster games are on TV this weekend. There's no Leinster game. Mm-hmm. Notice a bit of a smile when we said <laughs> that. Waiting for a smart comment there. Um, Look, quickly on the, the TJ and Chris Crummy incident. Like it was Walter, not really was it? Walter, Walter, sorry. Like in slow motion it looks so ridiculous. Just on the Brian O'Leary's tweet yeah, there, like like, like yeah. TJ did or Walter <laughs> definitely put his chest out and lifted his head upwards, but he didn't headbutt him. Yeah. No, like, I, I hate seeing two, that. I hate seeing that trying to get lad sent off. Two and especially when the two were at like as not as if Chris Crummy was standing back all the time and backing away from him. He was getting into him as oh, well. Yeah. Like, and 
when one fella does that then it just makes you look like you're a bigger coward like when, you, when you're when you there and you're ready to stand up against them and you're all throwing a few docks and that like but you can fall down like that it's just ridiculous the sign Dublin had the game lost and they were looking for any way yeah. to get out of it I don't think Chris Crummy is generally like that he's actually a tough wing back like fairly hard oh, he'll really probably tough. regret that yeah. he's probably looking at it embarrassed after to be honest yeah. just an introduction of a cork word there gawk a dock, was it? A dock. A dock, yeah, mm. that's there. It's cork word. Just, it's okay, just get that covered up. How would you call it, Liam? A dig. A dig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, also quickly on Cotton McAllister, the ref thought he was shocking for both sides. Like, there's a reason he hasn't been on the championship panel for a while. He was absolutely awful, going around with a big smiley head in him. And this business of your, your, your friends get to be your umpires has to stop in the GA. Like, it's just farcical. The guys down there... No, no, I've not been ages now, yeah, but yeah. their late 60s, 70s, being an umpire in like a highly pressurized situation. Oh, we said that here before. It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, just yeah. scrap that. Have yeah. guys who are um, who are refs at like minor or 21 mm. level, haven't made the grade yet, they get to be the umpires. Yeah. And you, you see it in the AFL, there's 10 or 15 bloody umpires around yeah. the field, and any one of them can make a call, but they're all fit individual mm. guys who know the rules inside out. Yeah, and fairest one of the umpires, he gave a 65 to Dublin at one stage and it was clearly a wide ball that Dublin guy could and he rescinded it. He went back and spoke to his other umpire. So I was kind of impressed with that. But Cotton McAllister in general, nightmare, even the Greg Kendy thing, he like he didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. He was just smiling, like, can you go off the pitch there? Jesus, thanks. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just, he's trying to be the new Dickie Murphy. Oh, he was clueless. No, and yeah, look, Dublin Wexford guys this weekend, who are you going to go for there, Giggles? Jesus, it's, it's, it's in Parnell Park, which yeah. is, I guess is only Dublin saving grace. It's Matty Kenny's going to be roiling Dublin up after that terrible performance in the second half. Davies coming in cold, and Davies in probably in the same situation Dublin and Kilkenny were in last weekend. That if you lose your first game against you know Dublin, I guess who are perceived to be fighting for three and four Dublin and Wexford, they'll be in trouble. I'll go for a Dublin win on it just because it's in Parnell Park. Shani, yeah, similar similar with that as well. Like Davies. Called Wexford as I say, as I say, coming in as well. Not really too sure about him yet. Yeah. You know, they still have a lot to prove. Like you know, can't read anything to the league again, of course. But I'd be going along the lines of Dublin as well. I just think the performance they produced against Kilkenny in the first half. I mean, there is definitely that in them again. It's just they obviously need to bring that into the second half again. And I said they're at home, and that's that's the only reason I go for Dublin as well. Yeah, look, I'm going to go for a Dublin win as well. I think Parallel Park, home advantage, even though your home advantage statistic is, a bit out, the is, is it out, out the window <laughs> after this weekend. Yeah. We'll touch on that in coming up in Munster. But yeah, look, I think the game to for Dublin will stand to them. They can come out with injury-free, hopefully with Liam. Depends how Rush pulls up. But I'm going to go for a Dublin win as well. And then Kenny Carlo. Okay, well, just, I think we, we called it last week that Carlo had one big performance in it and would it be against this Galway team and... They, they stuck with, with... Did they get it back to within three points? There were three it? points with like with 10, 10 minutes to go. Um, Galway kicked on. It's, it's fair play to Carlo. And I think if you listen to Colin Bonner afterwards, he's like... He's not resting on his laurels and the moral victory. Now, I think, unfortunately, they'll come up against a Kilkenny team who'll want to put him to bed because Kilkenny will have a, br- a, br- a break the week after, I believe. So I, I think this might be the game that they do get their uh, hockey in, to be honest. Um I can't see Anton Barr, 12, 13 plus point victory for Kilkenny. Shawnee? Yeah, he's right. I, I reckon Kilkenny will make sure of winning this game and they won't slip up. And, and the, the other thing for it that will be important, it could 
come down to it especially if there's a couple of teams beat each other his scoring difference yeah. if teams like Galway and Wexford and Dublin start beating each other and you're left with three teams and four points yeah I couldn't see Kilkenny losing this one really because it's it's a one where the points are up for grabs and they won't let it go I'm going to go for Kilkenny win as well but I actually think it's going to be close I think it'll be six points or similar that that Carlo ran up against Galway Carlo playing in Carlo they'll get a massive crowd out down in Dr Cullen Park playing against Kilkenny in the first ever time mm. in the Leicester Senior Championship you know what I mean I think it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a pretty big occasion so it's a big occasion for that county really yeah definitely so I, I think Kilkenny will do it but I, I don't by no means, I think there is going to be a banana sip for Carlo are going to cause an upset in this Leicester Championship I know people are, are, are laughing about that but I really do think if it doesn't happen this no, weekend they will. I You're think right, Dublin they will. or Wexford there's no, cer- there's no certain games in this even Offaly were probably the complete weak link in the whole championship last year. Already, Carlo are within six points. You know, there's no more than than Cork lost to Tipperary at the weekend. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and Galway down Ireland finalists. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, all right. Coming up first or next, sorry, we've got uh, another instalment of Giggles Corner. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said, do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder Can't you hear, can't you hear that thunder? You okay, we're back again with Giggles Corner It's always a tricky segment for myself and Shawnee but he does the quiz because he normally doesn't give us any notice of what he's going to ask. Now, today he did give us notice of what the, the topics were going to be. Specialist round, is that they call it? Specialist round. So, now, Shawnee just openly admitted there that he left work early to go home and research his round. That's rubbish. Now, I am at home minding a sick child all week, so I haven't, had a, I haven't had a chance. Rubbish. So, look, I don't mind, Shawnee, because you lost last week, so that you feel a bit under pressure, you need to open. That's okay. I'm under no pressure, Leo. I'm defending champion, so... But you couldn't be defending sure. champion when I won the last one. No, no. Defending champion is in I won last year's competition. I don't, I don't, yeah, he has last year's title. See, oh, right. of course you forget that, Liam. <laughs> of course you do. Okay. All right, Giggs, you want to explain to us what the round and uh, how so this is going to work today? Specialist round is, Liam, your um, specialist topic is Kilkenny hurling from 2002 to 2009. Yep. And Shawnee's is Cork hurling from 2002 to 2009. Now, the question is just directed at... Oh, so do you pass Exactly. Off. So the, the rules are on this one, you've got 60 seconds to get as many as you can right in 60 seconds, up to a maximum of 10 questions, because I've only got 10 written out for each E. So if you get the 10 them right, you're, you're doing very well. Do you want me to start a stopwatch for you? Um, I, I'd better do the stopwatch myself now. Or yeah, okay. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be the questions. Okay, so you you tell me when you're ready to go again. We're going to kick off in 15 seconds now, Liam, with you first, right? Oh, 15 seconds or oh, we're going to have dead air for 15 seconds is that what you're telling me well no it's 7 seconds now okay. it's, pretty, it's pretty quick it comes in <laughs> ok alright I'm waiting ready okay, to go so Liam right in 3 2 1 ok how many All-Irelands did Kenny win between 2002 and 2009 2002 2003 6 correct who, who were the two goal scorers in 2002 All-Ireland final um, DJ Carey Henry Shefflin correct who did Galway beat in 2005 Kenny who, or sorry, who beat Kilkenny in 2005? Galway. Fuck, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who did they beat in the All-Ireland in 2007 All-Ireland final? Limerick. What was the score that day? 2-19-2-1-15. Oh. Correct. How many league titles did Kilkenny have in the same period? Four. Incorrect. 
Who scored Kilkenny's only goal in the 2006 All Ireland final? Taggy Fogarty. Incorrect. 2006. 2006. 100%. Martin Comfort. No, no. I keep going. That's 2003. Going. We'll check it, we'll check it. Who did Kilkenny beat in the 06 semi final? Uh, Galway. Incorrect. Clear. Who was the top scorer in 2008 final? Okay, and we're out of time. Okay. You should have been, you started, I'll finish it. I think no, he was no. right in 2006. Oh, yeah, Taggy. Because well, well, Martin Comfort scored a 1 3 in 2003 and Taggy scored 1 4. 2003, Martin Comfort. Yeah, that's okay, because right, yeah. we all get yeah, one wrong from time to time. So, okay. how many did I get there? So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six right. Oh, Shawnee. Six. So the ones, the, you got, the ones you got wrong, Kikini, you have five league titles. They have 2002, 2003, 2005, 2006, 2009. And they beat Clare in, in the 06 semi final. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'll take six. Shawnee be doing well. He's he, <laughs> Shawnee's looking at his notes. Five written down there, Shawnee. You've got some key stats written down there. <laughs> a, few, a few notes here. That's yeah. a joke. Look, what have you got on your phone? Shani, okay, lads, lads, we're, we're, we're going to. You can't again, be looking now. at paper. I'm, why can't I? Okay. It's a quiz, Shawnee. Okay, lads, lads. Yeah. We, were I, given, we were given. Six we were seconds. given. Wait, wish, wish right. three. We were given time to, to study. One in three seconds, Shawnee. Two, one. Okay. How many All Irelands do Cork have between 02 and 09? Not a lot. Two. Correct. What year did the players go on strike? 2009. Yeah, I'll take it. I actually saw him what, what, was, what, was, what was the score in the 2004 final against Kilkenny? 17 points and 9. It was, correct. How many Munster titles do Cork have in the same period? 5. Incorrect. Who won Hurler the Year in 2004 when they won that Ireland? Sean Og. Correct. Who did they beat in the 05 semi final? Waterford. Incorrect. Who was, who was the, sc- what was the score in the 05 final against Galway? <sighs> I'm going to guess here, 115 to 113. No. Who was the top scorer that day though? Ben O'Connor. Correct. And you're out of time. What did you get? Okay, so we've got one, two, three, four, six as well. A draw. <laughs> so and I didn't look at the page once. I actually have you on yeah? videos you're looking down on the first question. <laughs> what, what, what was the answer to it? I don't know, I'll have to go back and look to it. Two All-Irelands. No, no, it wasn't that, that one. Look, you see it. I have written. You, you won't look at it now. Look, you actually look down. I wanted to answer. It was the score in the 2004 one. Watch. You watch. Look down. Watch. Have it here. Sorry for the listeners. <laughs> this is obviously yeah, radio. Watch. 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 He looks down. There. Then we look down. <laughs> you're, you're some liar. All right, all right, all right, lad. Six six is a draw for the day. It wasn't a bad result. So I'm still reigning champion. The two, the two you got wrong, Shawnee. They beat. They didn't beat Waterford in the semi final. They beat Clare in that 05 semi final. Uh, if you remember, Clare had the game won, and Jerry O'Connor. Um, Jerry O'Connor got. Horrible. I think Mar- yeah, Mar- yeah. Mar- Mar- um, Marty Morrissey's commentary was yeah. the Newtown Chandram combined, and he got that great point. And the score in the Ireland final in 05 was 121 to 116. Yeah. No, Shawnee, six was good considering you had your notes there. <laughs> Liam, it's a draw, okay? Yeah. You okay. just can't take it as you didn't oh, win. I'm no? reigning champion because I won last week. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> the winner. Anyway, right, Giggles, that was very good. I think I'm going to mix it up next week. If you keep doing the quiz, if Giggles Corner now, you did two quizzes in a row. You're getting slack. You're getting slack. You can do a quiz next week of Waterford hurling from 2002. Yeah. No, no, I'll keep it going. No, we, this is good. Yeah. This is good. Keep it going. Liam we'll is just ultra competitive and he just can't stand it. We'll do an analysis segment sometime, but the Goodale quizzes are a bit of crack. All right. Okay. All right. Coming up next, we're going to have a look at the Munster Championship. Like the legend of the Phoenix. 
with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Ah, uh, the force in the beginning We're now done in past the injury time Kelly has to go for distance The referee doesn't blow his whistle Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway Clare have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Donald O'Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. Wow. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, ref. Blow it up. Brian Gavin, blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Okay, Munster Championship. It was a great weekend. Bumper Sunday, Super Sunday in Munster. Cork and Tape, I know, was the four o'clock game, but we might start with that one. I decided I wasn't going to check the results. I was going to wait until Monday night and watch both games back. Then I had my little boy is a bit sick at the moment, so I was up in the middle of the night, turn on GA, go <coughs> with two minutes to go in the car in the Warford Clear game. Oh, watch yeah. the end of that, which was a very exciting finish. We'll get to that in a second. Then first thing when I woke up. Check the cart the the cart tip score, and seeing tip was it seven points in the end. Yeah, two twenty eight to one twenty five. Yeah, that right. Yeah, two twenty eight. Like a pretty impressive performance from tip under Liam Sheedy first day back. I had a bit of a sleepless night as well that night, Liam. Um, I actually had a dream that night. The Pawnee texts me the score in the morning, saying, and he was saying, "Don't mind him, Shawnee. He takes up in the Gary on WhatsApp page. <laughs> Don't mind him, Shawnee." <laughs> so I was getting up in. I was like. Is this after happening? Is this real? And I sat down and watched the match about four o'clock in the morning. So you watched it? You were up and watched it at four, did you? I watched it at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so that was worth getting up for. Oh my god, it was haunting. Um, but anyway, <coughs> it was nice to reminisce in the the All Ireland finals there in that quiz. But coming coming back down to earth, going going through this game, um, very very disappointing. Really thought like I really thought after last year's. And uh, narrow semi final loss to Limerick. I thought there's an All Ireland discard team, but after watching that at the weekend, it, there's they're far from an All Ireland, as far as as they can ever get from an All Ireland at the moment. Right. I guess we we go back to the defensive frailties again. I mean, they were totally showing up at the weekend. Um, I'd say the two backs that came out with any bit of um, you know, a bit of pride at all. I'd say it would actually would would be on Cadigan and the debutant Niall O'Leary. They were probably two of the better backs. The half back line was completely wiped out of it. Yeah. Tim O'Mahony was all over the place. He was meant to be on. Bu- well, Bubbles came out centre forward. He let Bob- Bubbles do what he liked. And like just the fundamentals of defending were was just not there. The f- half back line, half back line were completely sucked out into the middle of the field because of the, the Tipperary middle eight were just absolutely eating alive the Cork half hour line, half back line, and midfield. Um. And up front, only for only for Pat Horgan and Seamus Harney in and out of the game. We yeah, were in huge. Harney was very in and out. He did, said, but he? like he did get that goal to you know to throw a bit of you know a bit of light and and on the performance. It was a brilliant yeah. goal, but like no, like they're they're miles away. They're absolutely miles away from it. Um, there was just no no hunger at all whatsoever. It took twenty one minutes for the Cork team to actually get into gear. Only for freeze, 
they were within my older side at half time. They plugged into gear about 21 minutes into the game. They played for about 15, 16 minutes uh, and about another five minutes in the second half. But that was it. It was it was very, very disappointing to be to put in that performance at home. Just on the defensive note, what you're saying, what I couldn't believe looking back on the analysis on the Sunday game with Don Logue and Sheffield, they've got this fancy new touchscreen uh, TV. Can, front can we, the board. Hold on one second. I want to talk about that. Okay, sorry. One, one second. You're not pausing that. There's no <laughs> call across me. You're cutting across poor Shawnee last week. He was very upset over it. But um, the goal where Noam McGrath scored, where they did his piece of analysis, <coughs> where Bubbles yeah. ended up on his own on the 14-yard line in the Cork defence with no Cork player around Nash him came out for 35 yards. Like, it was insane. Like, you know, the very basics of defending. You don't, like, how per, like a player as dangerous as Bubbles ends up in that situation got the ball, drilled it across to Noel McGrath, right, goal. And it was still a brilliant fit. Noel McGrath had a lot to do with it. was still an amazing pass. But like, they just weren't, like they didn't turn up. No. Sorry, because that was my point, Danny. I'm yeah. sure you have a very more insightful point. I, I reckon the two backs anyway must have been looking at the terrible jumper and shirt that Henry Shefflin was wearing the same night. Absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. It was horrendous. That's what I was going to cut across you on. It was no, the sorry. worst jumper shirt combination I've ever seen in I my life. I should have let you cut across there. It was scandalous. It was scandalous, his outfit. Especially like with Don Logan. I could see you in a shirt like that. Like, <laughs> I could see you wearing it. It suit me though, but he's, yeah. when he's a red top, it doesn't look good, like, you know what I mean? Days there with the suit and Don Logue with the the fancy sports jacket and Sheffield there looked like he was going to Mass and he like an eight year old. Yeah, it was an eight year old, it was terrible. But God, he's, oh, Jesus. We, we had to pick him up on that, but. I think I go back to it. I think the big performance Tipperary had this year in the league, if I'm not mistaken, was against Cork when they hammered Cork in the league. Mm. And we we talked about it last week. We're like they have the best set of forwards in the country, maybe not the paciest, but definitely the best hurling wise. And if you give them that space, which Cork did in the league, and they did the exact same thing on Sunday, they're going to eat you alive. So. For me, that was an absolutely awesome Tipperary performance. They highlighted the work rate, but it's not that hard to be a hard work rate when the Cork backs weren't doing yep. anything in the first place. They still conceded 125, so there's still a question mark over their own defence. Now, granted, Patrick Hogan could not miss. Yeah, he was outrageous. Conor Lehan was in and out as well, in fairness. I think he got three points. Your man, what's his He's name? Too King- Kingston was was pretty good, in fairness to him. And Harnady was in now. So you could argue that four of the Cork forwards got the better of four of the Tipperary backs. But then the Tipperary half-back line was awesome. Mm. Like the three Mahers there. All scored. All, all scored and, and dominated the game. But maybe because they were allowed... It just looked like Cork had zero work rate. Tipperary had a massive work rate. And I, I just think after the game, I think everyone would be putting Tipperary up in the favourite section with Limerick for the, for the All-Ireland now. I'm not sure are they there yet because I think... You have to focus on this game that Cork were so yeah. bloody bad. Yeah. So bad. I don't I don't think Cork are that bad and I don't think our tip are that good either. And uh, you're dead right. It's like if, if Cork are not gonna bring anything to the game and yes, you can only play what's in front of you and Tipperary will do that to any team that gives them space and gives them a bit of room. But if Cork push up on them, it's a different game. And maybe tip still come out on, on top as well. And they they were pretty driven. You've seen it from the line. You've seen Sheedy and Eamon um, O'Shea. Sheedy's like a man possessed in the line. On that as well, actually, my brother was at the game, and he was and he was sitting right behind uh, Sheedy O'Shea and uh, Tommy Dunn, and he has O'Shea as the Mayorishka. So he's walking around without any bottle of water, and the stewards are on to him. You know, you should have water, and they were giving out <laughs> to him. He kept coming over to the to the manager's box and talking to uh, Sheedy and um, Dunn. And it looked like what the brother is saying is actually that O'Shea is actually running 
running all the roofs there, ruling the roofs there. He's actually making all the switches, doing all the game plans. Really? And that yeah. was that was his role previously. Yeah. Like that was yeah. his role was the tactician. Like so, and in fairness, like Liam Sheedy is a good man to to delegate. Like you know, he yeah. he, he, get he the right people gets the right people, and he trusts everyone but else around him. Outside of that, like and you, uh, they're back the tip backs as well. You're right. I mean, they gave away a so a serious amount of freeze in the first half. Their full back Barry he actually did very well, and do you know what? He's a safe full back. You know, he always yeah. stays at home around the square. You know, there's nothing coming down the middle, and that half back line is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the, especially Brendan Maher, like, come back from the crucial ligament injury and to put in a performance of that, he was absolutely awesome. And remember, he was on Harnady as well. And he was the reason, like, Harnady wasn't that good either. I know Harnady got a good goal, but Harnady can do wreck, like, when he wants to. And, like, he destroyed Harnady in the air. But I, I just can't, I, I can't see any want or hunger in mm. this Cork team. It's like that they got beaten by Limerick last year. And in every single game they've played since then, Lee... They're expected to happen. They're expected to but they don't want it. They're like, yeah. oh, Jesus, last year we had the game won and we were in an Ireland final and it was taken from us and now we've given up. And I thought the league as well, it looked like to me that they just targeted the Limerick game and, you know, they got a result there against Limerick and they were happy enough, you know, they go into the championship, you know, going to training for championship and come out absolutely all guns firing, playing at home. You know, in, in Parky Cueve, 30,000, exactly. beautiful day. Well, uh, let's talk about Parky Cueve and the pitch was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal because the team that put out there was, was pathetic, like, yeah. you know, but like, yeah. It's, Do you want to talk about the pitch, is it? Oh, it's phenomenal. Just just looked don't, it. Don't spend great. a few more minutes on that. Have you got any, if more, you any more stats on that? A few minutes or millions, what did you say? You'd, <laughs> you'd, <laughs> a few more millions spent on anyway. You'd love to that. throw the boot into something, anyway, Liam, so you can, you can fire away if you want. I have plenty to talk about the pitch, but we'll stick to the hurling for the moment. There's enough in that on Cork. Um, but look, on some positives from Tipperary, I think one we really need to pick out is Bubbles. Um, mm. Bubbles back in 2014, Kenny won that draw in Ireland. Uh, he was phenomenal for Tip that day in both games. Amazing. And then probably went quite for the last three or four years gained a bit of weight in and out of favour came back in 2016 came off the bench scored a crucial goal but he looked the fittest I've ever seen him I know Don Logue touched on that in the Sunday game as well I think he scored seven points from play, from play yeah. and his link up play like the, the assist for the goal there was a brilliant interplay along the with a sideline there as well when he's on fire like he's unmarkable yeah. I, I actually I, 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 I don't like him but as a hurler he's phenomenal he's, he's, you don't, do you know him? I, I know stories um, but he, he's like the other thing is he's not a stay at home forward either he, he moved all the way around that around that forward line like, and that's what the, all the tipped forwards were doing 224 is it from play they scored Possibly, yeah. It was very. That's outrageous. That's like a, that's like a challenge yeah. match, though. That's a poor reflection yeah. of Cork. Like, well, oh, but you, you look, look all the Munster Championship games last year were up in the yeah. thirty points. They wouldn't well. have the hard hitting like Leinster. I know what you're saying, yeah. Or the diving. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think yeah, Bubbles. The, the, he's arguably in the top three riskiest hurlers in the country. Mm. Like you, 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 oh, you yeah. couldn't. You'd have to put him up there. That and he he went and delivered. The one enigma for me, though, as well, to take a, neg- a negative point from Tipperary is, and this is like this is like a myth. No one can prove why it happens, but it always happens. If Seamus Callanan plays well, Jason Ford does not play well, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. If Jason Ford plays yeah. well, Jason Ford was poor, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was very. He was taking. He was the only tip forward taken off. He wasn't getting the movement, and it's like if one plays. And I thought they actually solved it because Callanan went out to centre forward. And Ford was a full forward where he likes playing. It wasn't like they shoved him one of them out in the corner like they did last year, which really didn't suit them. Um, but if you've got Noel McGrath, John Bubbles O'Dwyer, Seamus Callan, Jason Ford, John McGrath, like they will rip you apart unless you're in their face and beating the, the living daylights out of yeah. them for the whole seventy minutes. You can't give them anything. So, for 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 me, it was, it it was 
right, while it was close game, you were always just new tipper just going to kick on and win it. Even though Horgan kept corking it, it was like there was never any doubt that no, Tipperary weren't going to win that game. You could see, and you could see that about the attitude around the middle. I mean, the, the Cork midfielders, like Darrell Fitzgibbon, didn't get five steps with the ball, and the Tipperary fell all over him. Like yeah. you know, they was they were on letting him run through. They were just absolutely mauling them all around the middle. And but like the one positive for Cork is is like how good is Pat Horgan? Like he is. Like but again, though, one, Shani, of the, one of the best, if not the best, forward in the country at the moment. But the problem He's there phenomenal. is, it's like TJ though; they're the reliance on him. Oh yeah, you know totally. what I mean. Like if if he do, if he doesn't fire, if he gets tied up, now he always weighs in. But Carker in trouble. I was going to jump in on that point actually earlier when when you said about TJ as well. Like, but if you think about all the, the you know the decent teams or the good teams, the like, teams, yeah. like they always have those marquee good players. Marquee no, I know, players. I know, like, I know. So I mean, you take them out of any team and they'll struggle. <laughs> if you took them out of that car team, yeah. I don't know where we'd be. I thought it was. Brilliant when he told Nash to get away from the free and it was on his yeah. inside his own 45 and he dro- like, was Nash was terrible at puck outs as well yeah. absolutely terrible but in, in Brendan Cummins was saying no, in fairness like if there's if when the tip pushed up on him and Cork had no outlet like he had to go along you know what I mean like that he had no he didn't have a whole lot of options in front of him yeah true you know um, like it's no like it's very hard it's very easy to blame the goalie but when there's actually he's no one who's given that you know that targeted passes they were calling it on the I know but he's still he's still a man with the ball in his hand That's and there's nobody on him yeah. yeah so I don't I don't give him any way out Natalie so who are Cork playing next week Cork are playing Limerick the All-Ireland Champions in Gaelic Grounds oh, on Sunday Shawnee it's going to be a sellout in Limerick This two, both stands already sold out my two parents in their 70s weren't quick enough on it they're going to be on the terrace on Sunday down in Limerick um, if anyone wants to give a, d- a ticket there to Liam's parents <laughs> Liam's Le- Le- happy to send his cock parents to the terrace he doesn't yeah. support them at all in the G. yeah no, this is this is a, this is this is a, this is the word like uh, either a draw or a win and that and that's it I, I can't see that more Limerick win on Sunday like Limerick as all reigning all Ireland champions playing in front of their home crowd first yeah. game of the year don't, that Limerick team are going to be absolutely mad for it I don't, actually don't think there's going to be any complacency under, under Kylie no. now I'm not, I'm not saying you know it's Cork having a chance but I, I would be how disappointed it would be to two two defeats in a row now the way the thing goes Sean you could get another two wins and you could you could still be in the mix but if you lose your no. first two games but, I think, but uh, it's very interesting actually Brendan Cummins said it like so I expect Limerick to beat Cork I expect him to beat them by six or seven points at home um, but then they play Clare and they've got an amazing record against Clare Clare mm. hate playing against Cork I, I think since 2013 at Ireland final Clare haven't beaten Cork in championship mm. And then they play Waterford in the last game, who were very poor at the weekend. So, actually, losing, losing to Limerick, it's all is not lost for this Cork team. Is and it safe to say four points get you through? I don't think it's very safe. I think it's reasonably safe, safe to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, it's all about it. I know it's so easy to say, but the first win you lose in this round, Robin, it's... It's crucial, you know. You know? And, like uh, I reckon, and your home loss. Yeah, with the, with with this car team, and you know, just the mental frailties that appear to be there. If they lose against Limerick, I I find it very, I they find it very hard to see how they can actually bring themselves up to win the next two games. Like even right. like a good Clare team that we've three of us here have underestimated last week. Yeah, I I just can't see it. I think it's a win or it's a draw. To revive Cork season, yeah, and I don't see that happening against Limerick. Not a chance. All right, okay. So we're gonna go for you. Gonna go for Limerick win. Limerick win, yeah. Charlie, I'm gonna go up my heart, and I reckon. No, your heart or your head. My heart. Okay. And I'm gonna go say Cork are gonna win. And what about your head? Well, obviously my head will say Limerick <laughs> are gonna win. I'm gonna blame if my heart and my head are not talking to them. No, I d- look. I think 
and I did just a little bit in me reckons you know last year's loss in the semi final you know that was could give them a that exactly was, yeah. they're away from home the pressure is on them let's see what they're made of I think they yeah. might they I might think pull that, out a draw that, I think that, is that the early game as well on Sunday yeah brilliant I might stay up and watch that yeah. one I think it's a two o'clock game is it I no 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 the Cork and Limerick it's a four o'clock oh game. sure yeah. alright we'll see you yeah. alright well, I'm going to go for Limerick win as well for obvious reasons All Ireland champions Cork and Disarray yeah. and home game for Limerick can't yeah. see anything about Limerick win just Giggles had a stat I think it was 95% of victories in the Munster was the Munster Championship last year were home victories was that what it was Giggles the home team won I don't think I specifically called out any province actually oh sorry just in general was it yeah. 95% um, obviously we had Tippy Cork and your own Waterford Giggles in Walsh Park which was going to be the homecoming didn't, didn't come to fruition no it was oh, I, I can't believe Clare only won this game by a point I was watching the, the game at, at 11 o'clock at night and everything Derek McGrath kind of said came true Derek McGrath said Welsh Park is an up and down field that usually corner forwards and wing forwards get taken off first lad taken off Peter Hogan corner forward he wasn't in he didn't have a great game Shane Bennett taken off didn't have a great game um, Jamie Barron moved to wing forward taken off straight away no, no. Ozzy Gleeson had to go into the centre to win some balls but the, the thing was they, they just had no we talk about the marquee forward where's the marquee forward in Watford at the weekend Park Mahoney the other wing forward taken off couldn't get the ball at all it was. It took until Morris came on in the 65th minute for Watford to come to life. Why did it take so long for him to come on, Giles? I, I don't know, actually. I don't. And I said it last week. I was like, I, do you need a Morris or a Tom Devine at full forward? Yeah. Uh, especially, and it was suit. It was suit like because people say Morris is, is one of the older players in the Watford team now, and maybe his legs aren't what they used to be. But in Welsh Park, where the, the pitch is so small, like the best forward in Watford club hurling for the last 15 years has been Morris Anahan. Every back will tell you that, that they don't want to mark him. And it was clear, every ball that went in, he either caught it, won it, threw it off for a pass. I would have let him hit both 21s as well, the freaking confidence he had at the time. So I, I, I think, I don't know, will they start him now in Turles next week? It's a, it's a bit of a different game because it's not so tight. But definitely in Welsh Park, Morris just has to get the ball in his hand and he'll score. Mm. So I was shocked that it, it took him to the 65th minute especially. But oh, I, I couldn't get over Watford. It was like... Clare had the perfect game plan. Clare got hammered by Watford in Welsh Park during the week. They allowed Watford to take the short puck out. Shane McNulty probably hit more ball than anyone else on the whole field because he kept getting the short puck out, driving it down to where all the Clare players were. And Tony Kelly must have got six points from probably that little square patch right in the middle of the field on the run. That's how small Welsh Park is. He can He's first man in the match on the run. In for Clare. He's Was first man yeah, in the match. first man in the match. Yeah, oh, Jesus, that, that's another stat we'd have to check yeah, there. Yeah, get that fact checked. <laughs> I was shocked by that. I heard that somewhere during the week. I don't know. I, I, there, was a, there was a good one on, on Facebook one stage. I was like, Owen Kelly has never missed a free for Tipperary, not in the final. And then some smart flicker came up afterwards and just posted the video of him driving one wide against Conway. <laughs> I'm happy, happy to be corrected by the listeners. But what about what about Shane O'Donnell as well for Clare? And I read a, a really good article by Philip Lanigan in the, in the Daily Mail about Shane O'Donnell's season, pre season was eight weeks. Like he's been in Harvard, he's been actually living the life up in Harvard, he's been studying, but he came back to eight weeks and he was good enough to start and would looked absolutely electrifying. Yeah, but Shane O'Donnell, is a, he's, first of all, his fitness is never going to go. You could just mm. look at him, he's so lean. His pace is never going to go because he's, he's just so fast. He's one of the fastest players in the, in the game. His hurling touch is never amazing. Like he's not a John Bubbles O'Dwyer or he's not a TJ Reid with the touch and the throw. He's a power player. He gets the ball, he runs at it and he's unbelievably unselfish. So... 
I love watching him. I love watching him. I love playing. Yeah. He's brilliant. But to have only eight weeks is loads for Shane O'Donnell. Mm. All he needs to do is get his touching in two weeks and then start working around and understanding the game plan. And the, the, the difference between the two full forward lines was stark. Podge Collins did the, did, the, did, the, did the kind of team role, got out of the way and left Conlon and Shane O'Donnell inside two on two, right in the middle and the ball stuck. Whereas... Shane Bennett and Stephen Bennett and Peter Hogan just couldn't get the ball into their hand at all. You, you had the marquee car, you had the marquee forward and John Conlon there in, in full forward, you see, and like anything went in, it stuck to him. Shane O'Donnell looks like every time he goes on the pitch, he looks like he's going to score 3 4, 3 5, but he never actually scores that amount, but he always brings everyone else into the game because and he pulls backs towards him. Yeah. Everyone gets in a panic when they see him with the ball because he's so freaking dangerous. And that's what happened for the, for the clear goal. The Waterford fullback who was marking John Conlon went out and blocked Shane O'Donnell down. Noel Connors saw Shane O'Donnell and said, I've got to go to him. Yeah. Yeah. And John Conlon just sat back in, a la what Bubbles did against thing, and said, Thank you very much. I couldn't believe there was no one on when we got yeah. the goal. I was disgusted. But um, uh, look, first of all, I think at, at the high level, Clare are contenders for the All Ireland. I, oh. uh, I, I think they are. I, I think. I, I went for a Waterford win last week, but I wasn't. You know, it was probably what Shawnee was doing there, going with your heart. <laughs> I think Claire. If you look at their six forwards that they had last day, there's there's probably not a, a, a better yeah. set of forwards as good, maybe outside of Tipperary, Tipperary yeah. um, in the country. Their midfield is getting pretty solid. Their half back line set. They've David McInerney and Jack Brown in the full. I know Jack Brown was in the centre back, but they've David McInerney full back. Shane Amory. They've they've got the makings of it, and they were with. They not were sure about Jack Brown centre back though. No, no, neither am I. But they're, they're yeah. Connor Cleary's their centre back, and yeah. he was suspended. So. Th- they probably do need to start out at number six, to mm. be fair. But I don't know. I, I, so think, clear, I, yeah. I think they'll be there thereabouts again this year. And Claire obviously have the week off next weekend and then Giggles Waterford tip in Semper Stadium, am I right in saying that? Mm. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be I, I don't think I don't expect Waterford to roll over this weekend. I think I don't know will they get a win or will they get a draw, but I think that they'll have a real mean performance in them. I think Turles will suit their gameplay a lot more than Welsh Park does. Will also suit Tip doggies. It, it will suit Tip, but do you think like the, I, I said, it, from one to to nine, Waterford are as good as anyone in the in the competition, and from one to nine, Cork are the worst in the competition. So do do do, do, do um do and Sean, you you probably agree with that. After last week, I can't really <laughs> yeah. argue, can I? So. Like you'll you'll have a really aggressive Waterford team going to go at Tipperary. Whether they're good enough to beat them now on the face of last week, they're not. But do they have a game in them to beat Tipperary? They they might, and they have to because if they lose to Tipperary, it's probably worse than than Cork because Waterford have to go to the Gaelic grounds in Limerick. No, Waterford Limerick at home, but I I just can't see anyone beating Limerick in Munster this year. Yeah. So. It's it's probably more important for Waterford to get a victory this weekend than it is for Cork to get a victory. Look, going on, you're saying Waterford probably have won the best one to nine. Tipperary's front nine are, are, are phenomenal. So exactly. I, that's why it's going to be a good game. It's, it's going to be a good game, but I, I fancy Tip's front nine. Oh, I, my head you will know. say Tip, and my heart will say Waterford. I, yeah. I, I'll be like Shawnee that way. I just, but I think I think Waterford need to figure out what their structure is up front, and I think they need to play Austin Gleeson at centre forward. I yeah, think this whole crack so of wing forward. Yeah. Get rid of it. Like Michael Carney was not like Michael Carney isn't as good as Parig Manny or Asselisson and they're playing him in this roaming role and it did nothing for them at the weekend. Mm. Um it frustrates the full forward line because they don't know what to do. I think they have to start Morris at full forward or else have a plan for Morris to come on earlier at half time. Yeah, earlier. Or five minutes into the second half. But because Stephen Bennett and Shane Bennett 
they, 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 they naturally go with the hurley instead of the hand mm. every single time and Jesus I, I, there's, there's more now slagging the arse off me for me saying it because I used to always do it as well but at inter-county level you can't get away with that you have to get out there snap the ball like Morris did to get that point turn and throw it over the bar and the Bennets can do it but for some reason that they both go with the stick first and that just doesn't allow them the time then at an inter-county level and you could see both of them were very very frustrated figures by the end of the game and when Shane was taken off he was mm-hmm. very frustrated when when um, Stephen was throughout the whole game he was very frustrated and sorry just the other point on it I, I, you have to put Park Mahoney back in the freeze yeah, yeah. he's one of the best free takers in the country so we lost by a point and I'm not putting it down to Stephen Minnett because Stephen Minnett brought the fight in fairness to him for the whole game he was just frustrated but in the first half he could have had an extra 1-2 easily two simple frees that he missed and the goal chance that he tried to volley do you know he tried to yeah. do the, the, the bloody diving header nearly yeah, <laughs> yeah. With, the, with the stick should have caught that one should have caught him stuck in the net and, um, or hit off his stomach even headered it <laughs> his body doing anyway it would have went in but listen Watford nearly got a result it would have been an injustice it was shocking decision from the umpire from the linesman not to yeah. get the sideline he was so far away though and, but this brings back Clare's challenge that they do have this mental frailty where they had Cork beaten out the, out the gate last year and last year's Munster final. Out the, it was beyond sight Clare were going to win a Munster Championship and Cork came back and, and hurt them off the field in the second half. So, well, I said they're, 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 they're definite challengers and I think they are definitely in the top four. They still have some question marks and maybe that's a good thing for, for the Clare management to work with. Shawnee, what are you looking to, to for Sunday, Tipper Waterford? I'm I'm going to say Tipper. I I think I'm same same as Giggles. I think Gleeson has to be centre forward. He has to be down the middle. I mean, he's not he's no good out in the wing. No. Like he's 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 a he's middle eight player. A like, I, I know that, yeah, but he he's a middle eight player. He has you have to get players like him. He's a marquee player for Waterford. You have to have him in the middle of things. Like, but um, I think they I think they will put up the tip, and I think they'll push tip a lot closer than what people will think. I I reckon tip will still win by about. I would say only about five, six points. But if you did, if you did oh. something like Austin, Gle- sorry, to, to I mean, we're trying to wrap we're up Waterford now, so Giggles <laughs> gets an extra five minutes of uh, Waterford. Sorry, now I had no airtime last year for Waterford. They were gone very early. I mean, they could be could gone be very same. early this year. But to, we said last year, how what's Austin Gleeson's best position? And if full for, if they don't have a, if they don't start Morris at full forward, Austin Gleeson's played full mm. forward for WIT for the twenty ones for Mount Sign. He would go as a cause wreck inside there because he catches the ball, he takes the man on, and he'll either win the free or he'll score. And it gives him, as you said, Shawnee, yeah. that central position. And then 40 minutes in, you bring on Morris, you have another kind of an anchor at full forward, and you let Austin Gleeson go out and do some damage then when the kind of game breaks up. I, I don't know, they just, they just don't seem balanced up there in the six forwards at the moment, and it's, it's hard to see. They're going to have to make some big changes to make mm. it work. All right, we'll be watching on with keen interest on Sunday. I'm going to go for a tip win by eight points. That's why I'm t- I think tip fours is going to have too much for Waterford like, and Waterford's lack of firepower. Yeah. If they don't fire again, I think it'll be under big pressure. But uh, it's an interesting one. It's, it's another super Sunday. It's a good game. 11 p.m. throwing in Australia. So it's one, I'm going to stay up and watch that one. Looking forward to it. And uh, I get up again at 4 a.m. at uh, Monday morning to watch Carl. Love the early morning, Johnny. I, I made the mistake last week, guys. I stayed up for the Waterford game at 11, obviously, and then sure, Tip and Cork were starting. So you I stayed up? on. Oh, did you? So if you stay up, like, it's impossible to go to bed. I was like a zombie all the next it's day. It's impossible, Jesus. yeah. I prefer to go to bed and get up early. <laughs> no, but Johnny, you have to wait 20 minutes for it to kick on. Like you have another oh, cup of tea and a few biscuits. Yeah, you're right, you're yeah. in. All right, okay. Well, you're off the biscuits. <laughs> I am, I am. All right, coming up next, we have just some details on our competition and what's happening here in Australia, and we're going to wrap up. God, as much as I talk to Satan, cause I want to hear both sides. 
Does that make me cynical? There are no miracles and this is no miraculous life I savor hate as much as I crave love because I'm just a twisted guy Is this the pinnacle? Is this the pinnacle? The pinnacle of being alive Now I see the light we are going well, lads. But, lads, bring the bit of fucking government into your play the next day now on the Tigerish play. The discipline, the tightness, the, 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 the rough and tumble stuff all around the middle of the field, the fucking breaking ball. A, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. A grain of rice will tip the scale. But you'll have to get steely tough upstairs and you must be willing to fucking break your gut. You were fucked over the line twice. Fucked over the line like you'd catch a fucking loaf of bread and fucked you over the line with his shorts up. And what that does is, it lifts the opposition. We don't want to see no Westmead man fucked about. Is that clear now, Alan? No more. You will have to be closer. Closer to fuck. We'd have to fucking crash into these fellas and test out their fucking pulse. Because I'm telling you, lads, these fellas that play good football if they're alone. Give me one fucking guarantee, each and every one of you, that you're going to be tighter that you're going to be more disciplined, that you're going to be more tigerish, and that you're going to take the fucking game to these fellas. That these fellas will get such a fucking shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fucking asses for fucking 10 years. Okay, as the season is ramping up back at home, Intercounty, well, the club is probably in disarray again. They're in a bit of a, a bit of a break while all the championships are going on. Down here in Melbourne and Australia, we're coming towards the end of our season. We're, we're very lucky in a way that our season kicks off probably in February and we know our fixtures all the way through from February until the middle of June. Middle of June. Every, Saturday, every Sunday or maybe a Saturday, we know when we're going to play, so we're, we're blessed down here. We did have one weekend was cancelled because it was over 35 degrees. Yeah. So <laughs> and the same weekend was probably cancelled at home because it was minus five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're coming to the end of the, of, of the season here. Um, in our, we've got four teams in the hurling competition in Melbourne, and we've got uh, seven football teams. Six or seven. Yeah. Seven football teams. Um, the hurling Wolf Tones and the hurling are looking very strong. They're after winning the nine sevens. They're into a league final this weekend. Yeah. Um, Farmer Clare heard around Cunningham, and they've a lad from Watford, Kerwin from Kill. Two lads playing the full forward line and they're, they're hard to stop. Yeah, gave us a trash yeah. in there at the weekend. Um, looking very, very strong and they could be on for the quadruple. Yeah, we'd have to stop, we'd have to stop that somehow. <laughs> Patrick, uh, the rumour has it, Patrick Horgan and Austin Gleeson are both coming out to play for Gary Owen in, in the championship. We'll have to get Dearmore Sullivan full back, I think, to stand, stand in front of Kerwin. Uh, look, uh, if Pep Guardiola can't do it, please God, we'll don't really have to do it either. <laughs> And, and the football as well is, is very competitive both in, in ladies and, and in men's and I think we're very lucky in Melbourne this year that we actually have two divisions in, in the men's football and the ladies football it just shows how much the numbers are growing um, we're up around the 800 players mark playing Gaelic games across all four codes in Melbourne um, Sydney's out in front with around 1300 players which is a phenomenal number um, and Perth has dropped down to around 650-700 because a lot of them have moved because there was a bit of a downturn in Perth and they've all moved over to the east coast over to Sydney and Queensland you're looking at around four or five hundred and then in South Australia and Adelaide we have around three or four hundred and they're all Australian players essentially yeah 
which is an amazing story down mm. there. Ninety five percent of people playing Gaelic games in South Australia are Australian, not Irish. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But look, it's been a good year here in Melbourne, um, and we've got a great state games coming up again. Obviously, the boys are getting taking part in the World Games, which is the next one, guys. Have you, have you the flights booked? Flights are booked. Um, it, it, but it's interesting in the World Games, and I only realised this when I saw the list of teams. There's two competitions in every code. There's the Irish competition, so made up of Irish players, and, and there's the native, native competition. Yeah. So London, as an example, aren't allowed to enter because they play in the National Hurling League. I think that's the that's correct. Anyway. Yeah. But they're entering a team of native players into the native competition. So it's a team of all English players who will compete, I think, against Canada. I'm just going to make it up for a second. Who are entering a hurling team made up of all Canadians. So it'll be, it'll be it's, it just kind of shows there's definitely a, a, a global want for this game. Mm. And if you talk to anybody about hurling and they've never seen it before, the reaction is always the same. What the... Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, wow. <laughs> so it's... um. It's brilliant to see the World Games. I think 85 teams across the four four codes in eight competitions um, kicking off in my own county of Waterford, boy. Um, <laughs> and the finals are in Crow Park. But uh, yeah, that, that it's, it's, it's brilliant for the game because you can see it being exported to not just Irish expats around the world, but also to other nationalities who are finding it very interesting. Yeah, I think, and obviously Gaelic football is probably an easier one for in any country to get, to get off the ground because, you know, the skill level... I'm not saying it's not as skillful as hurling, but it's it, not. Which you are saying, <laughs> but in, I'm t- saying it. in terms, of you can just turn up and all you have to have is a pair of boots, and you can play Gaelic football as a as a as a lady or, or a male. But it just shows here in Melbourne, especially in the second divisions across the men's and the ladies, is the teams have a huge backbone of Australian players because they're you know in their AFL season they're playing a game on a Sunday as well, mm. which is great to see. So. Um, yeah, Melbourne is in, is in a, in a good state in terms of the clubs, in terms of the player base, and coming towards the end of the year, obviously the weather is getting dipping a little bit here, but um, yeah, an exciting finish ahead for the next few weeks for for all codes. So we wish all the teams the best of luck. Um, please get in contact with us on on Twitter. We've got lots of tweets in the last week at GEA, also on Instagram at GEA, and if you want to send us an email. We often get a few emails in as well, gadegea at gmail.com. Um, today's show was brought to us in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on their Instagram page and at O'Neill Sportswear AU. Um, Giggles, thanks very much for coming along. Pleasure, Liam. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, Walter will get the W at the weekend. Shawnee, thanks very much for coming along and for the biscuits. Thanks, lads. Um, I'd say the biscuits going to last a long time. They should be here for the next episode. Yeah, they will be. They will be here for the next <laughs> one as well. So, thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back with you next week. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>